this is Never Sleep Again, and you're listening to The Theremin Chronicles. A podcast where we discuss all things sci-fi and horror. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Veronica. And on today's episode, we'll be reviewing the first episode of The Last of Us. That's right. Yep. Season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, interesting now. We are a few episodes deep into the series. Yeah, yeah. Well, by this point, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and for those of you who aren't aware, um, this show was based off of a game. Video game. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, I've never played the game. Have you played the game? I have not played the game. Yes. Although, heard good things, you know. Heard a lot of great things about this game. And before we watched the show, we were hearing a lot of good things about it. And, you know, we... Uh, we understood very quickly that this is the this is the type of genre that's right up our alley. So oh, definitely, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so um, just a quick warning, um, as always with our recaps, there are going to be major spoilers. We're not holding anything back for the most part. So if you have not seen this episode and uh, you don't want to, uh, you don't want us to spoil anything for you. We would suggest you stop the audio right now. Go watch the episode. It's available on HBO Max. And then come back and listen to the rest. If you don't care that we have spoilers, well, then you are welcome to continue listening. Right, then enjoy, <laughs> yeah. And even if you're listening to us before you go and watch the show, I would say still go and watch the show. Yeah. It's it's a show that's worth watching. Um, what we've seen so far is... a. Uh, Seems pretty interesting. Yeah. Pretty interesting. And so. just the gist of what this, the show is about, it's um, we're basically dealing with, at its you know simplest form, a zombie yeah. horror. Right. Know? So you've got creatures, you have an outbreak of some sort, you have creatures, um, the walking dead, if you will, and you have survivors. Now, um, the lore in, in The Last of Us is... is it varies, you know, from right. what you might typically know regarding zombie horror fiction, um, because we aren't exactly dealing with zombies, but not uh, exactly, right. but more or less, more or less, when you see them, when you see their mannerisms, they behave like how most zombies would behave. I, I would say a good, a good ex- explanation for the movements of some of the zombies would be a, a cross between regular zombies like the walking dead and Mm -hmm. and different creatures you might come across in silent hill okay yeah silent hill especially when they're something about the clickers kind of reminds me of of silent hill and that's a type of uh infected that we encounter eventually yeah so we're just gonna jump right into it um starting from the beginning of the episode through the end so the episode unfolds um, by taking us back in time to 1968. Yep. And uh, we're basically in a studio with a host and two epidemiologists. And they're ask- they're answering the interviewer's questions. And they're really just kind of um, discussing the possibility of a pandemic and what that might look like. Um the type of scenarios that could occur that would be catastrophic to the world. And we have a live audience 
and they're eating everything up. <laughs> yeah, they're laughing. Yeah, and they're cracking, yeah. having a good time. Having a good time. The interviewer, he's like really charismatic yeah. and he's like making light of what's being discussed. But then we have this one particular epidemiologist that's on the <laughs> panel there and he just starts to break it down for them. Yeah, no softball. Yeah. He, he just stopped with all the softball, all the formalities and mm -hmm. and even though the host's trying to make jokes and it's just it starts to look a little uncomfortable. It looks yeah, the <laughs> audience just grows quiet. <laughs> Everyone's just staring and just listening intently as the scientist is discussing the possibility and likelihood of a cataclysmic pandemic that could actually be caused by fungi. And so I thought that was really, really interesting. Right. I didn't know anything about The Last of Us other than the fact that it was based on a video game. And it kind of had similar beats um, from my perspective to like the story of The Walking Dead. It seemed like it was really gritty. They tried to um, base it in reality as much as they could, grounded in reality. Very, very much right? grounded in reality. And I knew that they were infected, but I did not know what they were infected with. So the idea that they're infected by fungi, fungi. right? I thought that was pretty original. And yeah. Uh, and I like that they, I, I like that there's no, that there's no secret. Cause, cause in a lot of these survival horror type stories, there's, there's a big secret and no real explanation yeah. to where the infected come from. But in this, they're just letting you know right from the beginning that, mm -hmm. you know, this, it's, it's fungi. Right. It's, it's fungi. <laughs> and so basically everything that this, <laughs> this epidemiologist <laughs> like hypothesizes that could happen, um, he proposes that could happen ends up happening. So, so it's his fault. He, it's his fault. Yeah. He basically, he, he caused it. <laughs> His energy made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know, right? So, like, all the conditions that he talked about um, were perfect for the spread Wait, of wait, this. wait, wait. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't mean to confuse anybody. That's, so far, we, we don't, we have no proof in the show that, that, um, the, that the scientist's energy no. caused that. I was just making <laughs> okay, a Okay, yes, okay. So for Sorry. Those who haven't seen, yes, no, no, no. No. <laughs> but the conditions were right, and so eventually it did start. And um, we, it fast, the series fast forward to the year 2003. And that's where the story with our main characters begins. Right. And that's also the year of the outbreak. And um, so we have our theme song and everything. We jump to the year 2003 and we're in Austin, Texas. And I think it's really funny because they really tried to make you believe it was 2003. And so you hear right. the music hear playing the music and the, the style of clothes. Time, yes, style of clothes. <laughs> exactly. And we're introduced to some characters. We meet um, Sarah, first of all. And she's a young girl, about 14 or 15. And she is the daughter of the main character, whose name is Joel. Joel is 35 or 36, right? He's 35 or 36. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. And she wakes up. It seems like a normal day. She goes into the kitchen. They're going to have breakfast. It's her dad's birthday. It's Joel's birthday. And... Uh, 
they have some kind of cute father and daughter banter. Banter, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and He's talking uh, about the eggs. She, she, um, I think he found an eggshell in there. Yeah, the something, something like that. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so you can see that they have a really good jokes about his age. <laughs> yes, jokes about his age. Yeah. And you know they're cute. They're cute together. They love each other. And um, you can tell pretty much immediately that there's no mother in the picture um, for whatever reason. And we are also introduced to Tommy, who is Joel's Joel's brother. brother. Yep. Yep. And uh, they're all having breakfast in the kitchen. And uh, we see that Sarah slips away. Yeah, she kind of just sneaks off. And, you know, you're suddenly like, what is she doing? So we see her going to Joel's room and she she steals. She's like, it looks like she's stealing his watch. Yeah. And she slips to like a couple of 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, regular kid stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Just going into his sock just drawer. Just going to his sock like, drawer. <laughs> just like, you know, she could have saw something else. You know what I mean? It's like this 36-year-old man sock drawer. I know it's her dad. but <laughs> <laughs> I, Oh, that's true. You know what? Yeah, I was yeah, always. Too... glad it's all she saw. <laughs> I got, when I was her age, I was too. I was too nervous to try to go in any of my parents' stuff. I was, a, I was afraid to see something. <laughs> so, well, luckily for her, right. she got what she was looking she for. She got what she was looking for, right, yeah. yeah. So all three of them, that's uh, Sarah, Joel, and Tommy, they go outside to the truck. And then, because they're, they're trying to get in the truck, they're trying to go somewhere. And their next-door neighbors, we're introduced to their next-door neighbors, the Adlers. And, and they're, they're like an elderly couple. Yeah, yeah, elderly yeah, couple, maybe in their like their sixties or so. Yeah, making banter. Yeah, and the oh. the mother, um, right? Their mother lives with them as well. She, she's yeah. got to be like in her eighties, maybe even early nineties. Yeah, that's but right. But she's she's up there. Yeah, they're you know they're doing the um kind of stereotypical banter that you hear. Uh, elderly couples do in, in shows like, oh, come on, you come over for some cookies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't you come over for some cookies? And Joel doesn't want to go. And, and he tries to, he he just signs Sarah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Sarah will be over later. <laughs> yep. So Sarah has a commitment now to stop by after right. school. And uh, so they drive off in the truck and, you know, they go in there, presumably taking Sarah to school. And at school, um, while in class, Sarah notices a classmate's arm and hand just kind of twitching. Um, it was very odd because, you know, she noticed it, but nothing was said about it. Um, and however, the audience, you know, of course, gears are turning in our heads. Right. Like, oh, What's crap. going on? What's about to happen? <laughs> yeah. She's she's clearly infected with something. Yes. Um, it hasn't been an outbreak yet, but clearly something's wrong with that girl. And uh, then after school, yeah, we find out what Sarah was going to do with the watch and the money. Yeah, we find out that she's been talking with the watch repair guy. Yeah, and she's apparently she was trying to get the watch fixed up for Joel's birthday. And, yeah, she's and, not a thief after no, all. She's not a thief <laughs> after. Well, she's a. She's a benevolent thief. There, okay, yeah. <laughs> benevolent. Her heart was in the right place. Right. She wanted to do something special for her dad. And uh, that was really nice. But while she's there, we see emergency vehicles. We hear emergency vehicles. 
and just racing by. Yeah, yeah, just racing by. We don't know what's going on yet. But uh, the repairman's wife, she rushes out and says that they are closing. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> we're not staying open. There is an emergency situation here in the city. I don't think she had much information to go by, but yeah. they were shutting down. So, right. yeah, she told Sarah to go home. And those of you that are used to zombie horrors or survival horrors, you already know what that means. Oh, yes. You know, this is the day that the world mm-hmm. <laughs> the world ends. Yes, and I got to say, that is like always like the juiciest and my favorite right, part. my favorite part, watching right? it go down. Even yes. with like natural disaster films, like I just love seeing it all unfold. But like zombie horror, it's just like the little things start to happen yep. and then it just spirals out of control. I love it. Cars, <laughs> I can't get enough. There's always... For some reason, there's always a car or some type of vehicle that runs into a fire hydrant. I know, right? And then the water goes. I don't. I don't. I don't recall that this happened in this one. I don't think so, but I, the trope, like I, the trope, I feel like I've seen. I love it that like when that times. happens. I'm, I'm happy when that happens. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, Sarah does go home. She follows the woman's advice, and Joel gets home later than expected at 10 p.m. Right. Right after he had promised he'd be there earlier, yeah. Uh, Sarah gives him the watch and the rest of the money that she didn't use, so she really wasn't trying to steal. She gave him <laughs> the rest of the money she didn't get to use, you know. And and you know, we get more of that cute father daughter. Mm-hmm. You know what? It didn't take long for me to believe that this was. Um, what is his name? Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't like. I really believed that that was his daughter. I I had no doubts. Like the little bit of time they had together, yeah. like on on, sc- on that we saw them on screen mm-hmm. together. Um, I believe that. I believed that that was his daughter. That yeah. was uh. They should probably they should probably do more stuff mm-hmm. together. They had great <laughs> the, casting. Yeah. And great chemistry. Um, even the character development. I. St- cared about them like instantly and it didn't take long for me to to really feel for the characters very believable and and the brother too and the brother well for me the brother was a little uh, maybe because i didn't get much screen time with him um i didn't even i we watched this two times two times and the first time around i didn't even realize um until later on that that was even the uncle yeah (laughs) so i gotta say i don't know so much about you know you know what it was is that when the pressure whenever they were under pressure i feel like from experience that they reacted to situations the way brothers react to or 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 friends that are basically your brother. Mm-hmm. How you like when he was like Joel? What, we get to a point later, and he's like, Joel, what are we doing? Yes, yes. <laughs> and and that's and that that's such a brother. Yes. That's such a brother question in a situation like that. Are we gonna hit this? Are we gonna? This is an old woman, but they're affected. Are we gonna hit them or not? You know. But going right. back to going back to um, you know, because I want to keep the beats here. You know, um. So they have that cute father and daughter moment, Sarah and Joel, and they, they watch a movie that Sarah had borrowed from the Adlers, and they fall asleep while watching the movie. But Joel gets a call from Tommy, and Tommy was being stupid. Yeah, he was he was bar fighting, <laughs> and he got he got arrested, and he's in jail. And this kind of sets up this kind of sets up um, some good conflict here because mm-hmm. Joel's supposed to be spending time 
with his daughter for his birthday. But at the same time, if he doesn't go and bail Tommy out, because it's a, it's a Friday night, mm-hmm. if he doesn't go and bail Tommy out, well, Tommy's going to be stuck in jail all weekend. Right. So he has to, he, so he has to go and get Tommy. But wait, remember that this is this is not just a regular nice show mm-hmm. about about um, boring about regular boring life. Some type of something's going down. Yes, and yeah. I'm sorry. It's important to note um, that, and I should have said this before. <laughs> Sarah did not go home because she had made a commitment to actually go to her neighbor's house, the Adlers. Right. So after leaving the watch shop, she did go to the Adlers. They made cookies, and the audience, no one else, but the audience notices that the elderly mother of the Adlers is having some kind of reaction of some sort but no one else in the house sees it and Sarah goes home so yeah. that's something to to take you know, to take note, take note yeah. and then you know we continue with the story of her waiting for her dad he finally yes. gets there uh oh Tommy's in jail <laughs> Tommy's in jail Joel's gotta bail him out yes so he you know so he reassures Sarah everything's going to be fine. He's he's going to go bail his brother out of jail. So, you know, Sarah just goes back to sleep, but then she's then she wakes up, you hear, hear blast, mm-hmm. you hear even more sirens than before. Before the sirens were they were loud but they were kind of quick, but the this is just constant yeah. sirens. You can hear helicopters. Mm-hmm. All like you can hear everything, not off in the distance, but you can just hear helicopters all around and right. emergency vehicles. And she goes looking for Joel. Joel's still not home. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have taken him that long, you know. Right. Also, she didn't know where he was going. Right. Because she had fallen asleep. He didn't want to wake her, so she wakes up. And doesn't see him. All this commotion is happening outside. It's got to be freaking her out, you know? Right. And really scary. And uh, then we see that the Adler's dog is, like, knocking against their glass door. (laughs) Sarah goes outside to bring the dog home, but the dog runs away when they get close to the house. So, already... Yeah, he doesn't want to go back in that. (laughs) (laughs) No. Nope. You know, that's another trope. The animals always know. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Animals always know. Yep. Well, the Adler's door is open, which is highly unusual. And uh, Sarah goes inside. And what does she find? Well, she finds that uh, the Adler's have been attacked. The wife is clearly dead on the ground the husband has been um severely injured he's bleeding we don't know yet what transpired but then the elderly mother tries to attack sarah and so well there's our culprit right there yeah (laughs) so she chases sarah outside just as joel and tommy pull up and they are the right. cavalry <laughs> lifesavers. Well, yes. Literally. <laughs> Literally, they show up right on time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Joel kills the old lady with a wrench. And it's this moment that you were talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. They didn't, it's like there's this they didn't old know what lady, to do. and she's like trying to tack, and Tommy's like, you know, <laughs> 
what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, are we really about to about to kill this old woman? Because it's like, I don't see any other options. See what I got from him when he said, "What are we doing?" It's like, yeah. all right, is it gonna be you? Are you gonna get her? <laughs> is it gonna be me? I know. Like we we gotta get her. Like, what are we doing? It. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Joel does kill yeah, the old lady yeah, <laughs> with a wrench, her. no less. With the wrench, and but it wasn't her anymore. It, yeah, she was gone. Basically, was gone. I mean, we don't know the ins and outs exactly of right. how this um, affects the host, um, other than it takes over, and um, we don't know what. the person's mind is like at the stage right yeah we don't know that much about it i'm sure that i think maybe people who have played the game might have uh might have a little bit more insight yeah on on something like that although i have heard by now i have heard that they have made several deviations from the game and we'll get we'll get more into those a little bit in uh some of the later reviews of the other episodes Okay. Well, um, Sarah is told that this is happening everywhere as far as people attacking other people. And as they drive off, we see that the married Adlers are now walking the street and they're twitching and they're moving in haphazard yeah. manners, which let us know they too look so crazy. are infected. Yeah. Looks so crazy. Yeah. Well, um, we get a little bit of um, dialogue inside of the uh, the truck as they're driving racing through the streets <laughs> to get out of the area um and joel is explaining that the authorities say it's a virus or some kind of parasite and that it's mostly people in the city and uh as they're driving like we see how dire the situation is like there's <laughs> there's a couple and uh i think somebody was the mother holding a baby it looked like well, they it were trying like something like right. That. They're asking for help, and they're just like they are not picking anybody no. up. They just drive right because they don't know who's infected with something or not. Right. They don't know who's sick or not. Exactly. You see that there's so many people trying to escape the city because of what's happening, and police are putting up blockades. So now they have to drive around, maneuver around these blockades, and also around throngs of people in the streets. Like, again, this is Austin, Texas, yeah. and it's a big city. And we were in Austin recently, and that was probably, that was my first time there. That was your first time there, right? Yes. It is a big city. It's a big city. <laughs> it's like a little, like, I don't know. It's just like a province of its own or just like a small right. state. It's just, it's really, really huge. It, and it doesn't, it's so huge, and it doesn't look at all like the type of place where, um because it's so spacious mm-hmm. you would immediately think of austin texas as being a place where people could look so crammed and packed in yeah and so for something like that to happen it would have to be really something like this right so while they are busy trying to maneuver down streets and around blockades and around people um, a huge <laughs> a huge crazy. Air, yes a huge uh airplane it, it just comes uh <laughs> it just crashing crashes down yeah. in the middle of the street and uh just like a commercial plane so you can right. think like and this is one of the big ones so is that like a 747 um 
it crashes and you know so sorry for the people on board it just reminded me of something that would happen in something like transformers like, oh well, because well, well something well what happens after the plane yeah. crashes okay yeah the, the shrapnel <laughs> yeah so of course you know an explosion that big with uh metal parts that large uh well the shrapnel just goes flying it hits the truck knocking it over and uh, injuring sarah's ankle in the process and so she's not able to walk on that ankle. She tries and she cannot do it. So Joel just, you know, picks immediately, right? He just yeah. picks her up. He's like, we're getting out of this thing uh, if I have to carry you. So he picks her up. And we see what appears to be people eating other people. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's like really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and they're running and an emergency vehicle crashes into their truck. And because of this, Tommy, who's on the other side, now can't get through. Right. So cause, because, you know, there's fires and other off. things happening. He, he's just completely barricaded from them. They can see each other. And he's just like, you know, he'll go around and he'll meet them, meet back up with them. Yeah. So their plan. He says to meet them by, uh, meet him down by the river. Yes, down by the, because their plan was to try to get to the border, the Mexican border, and to try to wait this thing out. Um, So that's what he, you know, he does. He goes his way, they go their way, in the hopes of meeting up with each other. Right, right. So Sarah and Joel, they just end up getting chased by an infected. And they're, you know, they're running. It's this part is where is where for me it gets it gets a little bit confusing. But I, I understand that they're doing it on purpose because it gets really dark, you know, and I don't I don't mean in tonality. I mean, like, literally, the lighting is dark and they're being chased by an infected. And then a soldier just starts shooting um, and gets the infected. And he tells, you know, he uh, basically tells orders us Sarah and Joel to just, you know, to stand there while he's like talking on, he's talking on his radio. He gets orders to shoot Sarah mm-hmm. and Joel. And it starts, it starts to become very obvious that he's getting those orders. <laughs> yeah. And I feel bad for the soldier too, because, because you, you hear the hesitancy in his voice. Yeah. You can hear him talking to uh, maybe his, I don't know, commanding officer and asking him basically, you know, is, you know, is that, am I hearing you correctly? <laughs> and then he's just like, yes, sir. Mm. You know, so you, you know what that means. If right. you, you've seen, like I said, if you've seen anything like this, there's certain things that you could just expect from this. It's uh, uh, f- some, you know, you could, you could expect fast faster zombies and yes that's stronger yeah, zombies they move, they move fast you can't trust other people you can't trust authority mm-hmm. it's all, all of those tropes are there right and you know so joel you know tries to move but the soldier the soldier still manages to like like he gets a hit in on sarah yeah and the guy was about to you know he was about to you know, finish the job by killing both Joel and Sarah. But Tommy shows up just 
I want to say in the nick of time. Yeah, right in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah, and and he gets the you know he gets the drop on the soldier. He shoots the soldier. Mm-hmm. It's um it's really sad. Yeah. It's a really sad scene because he Joel was doing everything he could to protect Sarah, and that scene, like I said, it's a little bit confusing. You don't know who you don't know who got shot, especially if you haven't played the game. Like we we haven't played the game, so. Mm-hmm we're we're not we don't know which way this can go right and i gotta tell you like i was shocked because also i don't know who the main characters are right so someone who just in one episode i had grown to care about as a character they just immediately get got in the first episode and i'm like oh okay it's one of those types of series where like anybody can get it like that's how I anybody can get it I was really surprised. I I was shocked. I was shocked. And they did a good job at not letting you know who got shot. Yeah. Because they're rolling down. Understand when the soldier shoots at them, they start rolling down the hill and the camera's shaky and it's dark. Mm -hmm. And then it's revealed that Sarah got shot. It's it's really sad. Her uncle and her dad are like in the scene, they're both crying. Right. Everything. It's 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 terrible. Then we have a then after that, you know, we have a time jump. Yep, twenty years. Twenty years. It's in the. It's in our our year. The, yep. the, the year of our Lord, two thousand twenty three. <laughs> yes. Two thousand twenty three. Present day, yep. and it looks nothing like it looks right now. <laughs> no. Um, oh, and and good, good. Oh you know, yes. You wake absolutely. up. So, you wake up, uh, and, and you look outside, and you see just. Plants growing in the buildings and mushrooms everywhere. Mm. Just start running. <laughs> or maybe not, right? You gotta be quiet, right? I know, yeah, yes. you gotta be quiet. <laughs> well, when we do this time jump and we're in 2023, we are introduced to a young child who appears to have been walking for um, a long time. You can tell they've been walking for days. They're in the woods and their clothes are just run down. Their shoes are like, you know, bandaged up basically because I guess they were falling apart. The child, I got to give it to this actor because I don't think I have ever seen a child actor um, walking in a true, you know, depiction of how it would appear someone uh, for someone to walk if they have been walking for days. It's like the way this kid was walking you could tell they were not only tired, yes. but their feet and their ankles and their legs probably hurt like crazy. Oh yeah, for having walked, they were walking so gingerly, and their the way their gait was. They were so convincing. Was, they were really they were convincing. So producers like, and writers for the show, if you're listening to our podcast by chance, call in a few favors for that. <laughs> Get that kid more roles. Yes. That kid was way too convincing. Way too convincing. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't think I've ever seen um, someone who's been traveling for so long depicted in such a way by a child. And so, oh man, it was just kind of heartbreaking. They, um, the, the camera showed them walking through the woods and they arrived to a war-torn Boston. They've reached the Boston QZ. And that's basically like uh, the headquarters yeah. in the Boston area that's been taken over and under the control of FEDRA. And we learn more about FEDRA. It's basically like a military authority. Military police. Military police, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you already know in things like this, you can't really 
Can't really trust. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> So we see that most of the city is destroyed, but um, the part that is occupied and um, guarded and ruled by Fedra is fenced in. It's walled in. And so the child arrives at the gates and they're taken in and they are immediately tested for the virus. Um, by this point, you know, they've had 20 years to deal with the yeah. virus, so they have certain protocols in place. Uh, we see certain, like, propaganda on the walls that are clearly from back towards the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the outbreak, right? It's right, like, right, now right. the posters are worn, worn and they're dirty. Yeah. and um, But you can see they've been dealing with this for a long time. Looks like a lot of things have happened. It looks like besides having to deal with infected that they had to deal with fighting other humans because it looks like buildings have been blown up and yeah it's it really does like yeah. you use the word war torn war torn yeah really does look and also they probably well we do know from a future episode which we're not going to go into right, right now right. but they did start bombing cities yeah to, to try to wipe out the infection itself um so the child is taken in and tested and Turns out he is infected, but they don't let him know this. Um, they don't let the child know. They just they talk softly to him and uh, let him know that he's going to be taken care taken of. Care of that it's so sad. Get it was it was very sad, but I have to say that they were very humane. Yes, it's just that when I saw them do a test to see whether or not he was infected. And I saw that red light. Yeah. The the way that light, that red light, or what I forgot what color yeah. it was. Oh, that it, it's red. Yeah. It, that it that it blinked. I was just like, I, I didn't want to believe it at first. I was a, a little bit in denial. I think I even asked you. I was like, I was like, do you think they're just being nice to that kid to keep him calm right. before they mm. basically euthanize him? And it, surely, surely that's, that's what it that's was. That's what happened. They injected him with something, and uh, the very next scene. Yeah. The very next scene. The very that. next yeah. scene. Um, we see that there are workers, because it cuts the scene, we're shown workers dumping bodies into a large fire to be cremated. Because when you have so many dead, that's just the fastest way to deal with the bodies. Right. And also, Cremation. Yeah. And I wonder if part of it has to do with the possibility of the infection spreading in some way, even post-mortem. So probably just right. easier and more efficient to just burn the bodies. You know, I just realized us not being players of the game, that there's still a lot that we don't know. And it's possible that because of the type of virus it is, it might be possible that it could reanimate oh, a body possibly. that's long dead, possibly. Or or even if that's not true, canically speaking, mm -hmm. It's perfectly reasonable to see humans treat it in a way that it that it that it's something that could happen or, by cremating them. Yeah. Or maybe it's possible that even the handling of the bodies, if one were to stumble upon them, maybe the blood um, could somehow infect, infect afterwards, afterwards, you know, after they die. Right. So who knows? I mean, I'm sure they'll reveal more information to us as the series goes on. But um, here we see that Joel is one of the workers and um, they're dumping bodies. And we see that 
Um, one of the bodies is the child that had just arrived. And uh, it's so sad. A female worker asked Joel to dump that body because she just couldn't do it. It's a child. And, yeah. you know, we don't know anything about her past or her history, but it's heartbreaking nonetheless. And she just did not want to deal with it. And Joel, he just he just yeah. tosses the body <laughs> like nothing. So that kind yeah. of gives us a little glimpse into how um, Joel's life and his mindset have become after the events that transpired 20 years ago. Because he, he's in his 50s by now. Yeah, he's like 56, right? Right. He's clearly hardened. He's a little probably desensitized to the violence, to the heartache and, you know, everything that he's had to endure. It's just a job for it's him. It's just a job for him. His heart's been broken. We don't really see his brother. No, we don't see his brother. We don't see his brother. Uh, his When you think about it, I hate to get really morbid like this but his daughter would have been a grown woman i know by now so there's all these things she would have been like 30 she would have been the age that he was he was back in 2003 yeah about she was like 16 right i think she was like 15 or 14 but close enough so she would have been 34 yeah 20 years later 34 35 oh man yeah so he he's just yeah, he's yeah. just that's it. He's he's hardened by that, and mm-hmm. you know. But this leads this uh, leads us into uh, another discussion. In this in this world, well, in Boston, there's these jobs. Yeah, and so the cremation is one of the jobs. One of the jobs. Yeah, we're kind yeah. of given um, a quick uh, look at what society is like yeah. for them. Some world building. Yeah, some world building. Uh, we see a firefly symbol that is being painted over. Right. We don't know anything about that yet, but we learn more about that later on. And uh, what there's a some people that are about to be hung. Yeah, they're yeah, like on some trial. Are on trial, and that's so crazy. It's it's things that there's some things that look kind of I don't want to say futuristic, but modern. But then we're but then we're given this very medieval thing where people are basically in the town square uh, on trial about to be sentenced to being hung. Right. Right there on trial. It's a very medieval thing. I would say it's very dystopic. Like we have a very dystopic (laughs) future right here that is also the present. Right. And like that's just crazy, you know? That's just how it is. And they have these jobs each day a person could look for different types of jobs for work that needs to be done and there's mm-hmm. a there's a currency that they have it looks basically looks like coupons i know it really does <laughs> it looks it like looks different like color coupons <laughs> and we see that joel has a lot yeah of this currency and him taking another job um, because that's what he's doing. He's trying to get another job. Sewage cleaning. Yes. This he is the up. job he ends up taking. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, he's trying to make money for something. He's saving up for something. Right. And uh, so we come to find out that Joel has been secretly meeting with a soldier. And this soldier has been exchanging goods with him um, for money. So basically a soldier ends up giving him money for cigarettes and drugs. So Joel gave him pills that he somehow acquired and also cigarettes and the soldier gave him money. Yeah, Joel's a drug dealer now. 
<laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sums it up. <laughs> well, we find out that he is trying to save up for a very good reason. He wants to have access to a truck. And um, the reason for this is because we find out Tommy, you know, he's actually alive, at least up until recently, up until yeah. three weeks ago. But he got lost. Somehow they lost contact with him. Right. Haven't seen him for three weeks. And Joel is going to go find his brother. Yeah. That's a big part of uh, this the show so far. He just wants to find his brother. Right. So the soldier warns him to stay off the streets because fireflies have been blowing things up and soldiers are jumpy. And so remember... Um, we saw that they were painting over a firefly symbol on the wall. Well, it turns out that fireflies are a revolutionary militia group and they act against the new laws and regulations of FEDRA. And as we said before, FEDRA is a military agency. They're responsible for keeping survivors alive, but they do it in their very own um, arcane and um, really... Uh, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, really inhumane way at times, you know? Yeah. So Very, very it, inhumane. They're not to be trusted. And I have a feeling that you probably can't even really truly trust the Fireflies either. Um, but we find out more about both groups, again, as the series progresses. Yeah, you, you can't really trust either one of the groups from what I could see so far. But that's what makes me so interested in all the lore is because that that's most that's mostly how real life yeah is you you can't really buy into everything that one side mm -hmm. tells you there's there's so many different things that goes into a person's ideologies there's there's personal there's personal gain yeah at the at the root of some things or or there's, or not even so much personal gain being the root, but personal gain has got to be somewhere in the mix, especially for whoever is at the top right. of, of a regime or something. <laughs> they're That's, benefiting somehow. Right, they're benefiting <laughs> somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we end up meeting another character. Yeah, we meet Tess. Tess. Yeah. And I got to say... If you yep. have ever seen, <laughs> let me tell you. I already you, know what you're going to say. If you yeah. have ever seen the show Fringe, then you will recognize Miss Olivia yes. <laughs> when you see Tess. Olivia Dunham from, <laughs> from, uh, from, Tess, Fringe. from Fringe. So Tess is played by <laughs> Olivia Dunham from Fringe. <laughs> Which is not her real name, but that's how we know her. <laughs> because, um, you know, just as an aside, and maybe we'll talk about Fringe one of these days. Yeah. It is an awesome series, it and is. I wish it went on and on and on. I didn't know anything about it until you introduced it to me yes. later on, and I'm so glad you did. But because um... those were my people <laughs> like, when it when it came out, the, those were really my people. Those were like my friends, man. I was Aww. just watching. <laughs> <laughs> the, the show is great. Yeah. Um, just as an aside, go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Yeah. And let us know. You can write to us. Yes. You can write to us. Let us know if you want us to. To talk about Fringe yes. on Theremin Chronicles. Exactly. Well, <laughs> she here is, um, that actor is playing Tess. And she is Joel's companion. Okay. And uh, clearly they're in a relationship. Not only are they um, 
they're partners in crime, if you will. Right. <laughs> but they clearly have a romantic relationship as well. Clearly. And we see that she's being held by a man named Robert. So she's tied up. She's been beaten. And she's trying to convince him to let her go. Um, but Robert is explaining to her that, you know, his guys beat her up. And right. so he's afraid that she's going to get back at him. Yeah, she's going to get back at him. She's going to go and tell Joel who he's aware of and knows that Joel is, you know, he doesn't take any crap. So yeah. he's afraid that she's going to go tell Joel and then Joel's going to get revenge. They're both going to get revenge. And uh, also, he feels like not just the fact that his guys beat her up. He but he feels off. this way. Yeah, yeah, he ripped her off. <laughs> so a little bit of backstory. We learned that, um, yes, Joel has been saving up for a truck, but they needed a battery for the truck. And so Robert supposedly had a battery for them to buy. They paid Robert for the battery. And what did Robert do? <laughs> he pocketed the money. Right. And tried to sell the battery to someone to else. someone else, right. <laughs> like, how dirty can you be? Surely they were going to find out. Like, I don't even know why he thought this was a good plan. <laughs> it's not like he could skip town. <laughs> so desperate. We're, we're, we're given, we're, we're shown so many different people and what they feel they have to do mm-hmm. in order to survive during this time. And. And that's why, even though I thought the character was really stupid, yeah, because there's nowhere that he could he could go, and mm-hmm. and this is eventually like all I could think when I saw him, like man, eventually somebody's gonna kill this man, yeah, eventually because he just I just know he ripping everybody. I off know, and... right? He'd be <laughs> making so many enemies. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well. Um... Turns out that there's a little bit of fighting outside of the building that they're in. And the wall explodes, allowing Tess to walk free. So she walks outside and she's captured by some Fedra soldiers. Because Fedra has been looking for Fireflies, members of the Fireflies. And they presume that she is one. So they capture her. Yeah, the scene after that scene, we're shown shown a young girl chained in a room we don't know why she's chained and she's captured by fireflies and they're they're forcing her to answer a series of questions and well this is how we're introduced to another main character and uh we don't know her true name yet but for people who have played the game i'm sure you know who this is (laughs) at this point she keeps lying to the fireflies she says her name is veronica um, these Veronica. That's funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yes, they're asking her um, what appears to be a standardized series of questions, like what they ask her every time they come into the room, um, because she knows the drill. Like as soon as they come in, she knows what they're going to ask. We don't understand quite why this is happening. The audience doesn't know, but we come to find out later on why they do this. But. Um, you know, they're they're interrogating her a little bit. Yeah. And then the scene cuts again. And we're back with Joel. Joel, yes, as he pays a visit to a guy who sends and receives messages from outside of Boston. And this is this is basically the scene where where we're given a little bit more insight about Tommy going mm-hmm. missing 
three weeks ago. Right. And, you know, Joel wants to know if his contact has heard anything from him. Later on, as I watched more episodes, I see that this scene is like a big Easter egg for people who played the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I'm... <laughs> So I'm probably not gonna. I'm gonna try my best not to spoil it if you haven't seen it yet. Okay. Let's start. Even though we, even though we gave the spoiler warning, so <laughs> we did. I mean, so if you're if you got this far with us, you're you're all in it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Joel wants to know if he heard from him, and Joel gets him to give Tommy's last known location mm-hmm. and marks it on, on on a map. Right. And so Joel, you know, we cut to Joel being back in his room and he puts the map in his secret stash. He goes to sleep and then uh, Tess returns home. And in the morning they discuss what happened to her and and with the battery and kind of based on their conversation, Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that guy. He was not justified in beating Tess, but he was justified in being worried. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, (laughs) whether you played the game or not, you take one good look at Joel. And he does not look like the type of guy that you're going to get away with ripping him off and beating his friends. Right. After you rip them off. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is no way he was going to come for him. Yeah. So we get transported back to the Firefly headquarters, and there we meet a woman named Marlene, and she's the leader of the Boston chapter of the Fireflies, and she's talking to her next-in-command and explains that all of the Fireflies in Boston are going to take the girl and head west, and so she wants them to get prepared because they're all leaving. Like they're they're leaving and <laughs> they're taking the girl. We don't know why yet, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, so for some reason this girl is really important. <laughs> yeah, really important to them. Uh, well, then Joel and Tess, back with Joel and Tess, they find out where Robert was going to take the battery, and so they go there. Right. Okay. Right. And we're constantly jumping scenes at this point. Yeah, it's just because I understand now, you know, in retrospect, thinking about the thinking about this episode, Mm -hmm. I understand that they're trying to set up all the events of the story. They're trying to world build and they're trying to do a lot in in this episode. Yeah. And I, I have to say they did it well. They did. They did it. They did it well. It's definitely, I would say it's definitely not the type of show that you can be constantly looking down on your phone. No. And things like, cause you're going to, you're going to miss something. Don't do that on the first episode. Right. Maybe on a, maybe on one of the filler episodes, you can kind of get away with maybe. it. Maybe. But even <laughs> then there are little Easter eggs. Little Easter that eggs. That you won't right, hear. You'll right, only be, you, you know, see. they'll show them to you, but they won't say anything about them. Right. And, uh, yeah, no, definitely you want to pay attention. Like, right. we watched this twice. I mentioned we watched this episode twice. And we, yeah. There are definitely things I didn't pick up the first time. There were things we missed, even though we were watching it very, very closely. Mm-hmm. And so after that scene where uh, Joel and Tess find the find out where the battery is, we see Marlene going to talk to the chained girl, um, this unnamed girl who's yeah. probably a very minor character <laughs> yeah right <laughs> probably a very minor character probably this will probably be her first and last episode 
highly unlikely. I doubt so that. Marlene goes to talk to the girl, and she's chained in the room, and she unlocks her. Um, she explains to the girl that she was that she was the one who put her in Fedra Military School when she was a baby, and she knows that her real name is drum roll for all you people who played the video game. It's Ellie. Yes, obviously it's Ellie. You know who else would be such a big deal? <laughs> right. So, like, what I think Ellie was an orphan, or um, she was just, as a baby. She was placed in Federal Military School. Yeah. And uh, that's that's where she was raised. She wasn't raised with parents, but she was raised by Fedra. And so um, she hasn't had the regular experience of a child growing up with a family. All right. I imagine in this world, not a lot of kids were. It, Maybe it kinda, not with their own, but perhaps. But, yeah, with some semblance yeah. of a family. Yeah. Well, um, Ellie starts to put her guard down because before she was very guarded. And um, finding out <laughs> finding out that Marlene, I know, right? <laughs> finding out that Marlene knows who she is, um, you know, the gears are turning in Ellie's head. And she's, um, you know, her she's free. Uh, Marlene is showing, trying to give her a little bit of uh, showing that she trusts her a little bit, you know, a little give and take. And so... We're going to continue to see how this develops as we move forward. Gets her a chicken sandwich. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, Joel and Tess make their way underground to the location where the battery was being sold by Robert. And so they go underground because presumably they don't want to get caught by Fedra Fedra police. Or fireflies. (laughs) Or or even fireflies, I'm sure. (laughs) So they push their way through a blocked entrance after coming up into the building. And they see that Robert and other people are actually dead in the hall. And so there are these bodies laying down there <laughs> Robert, in the hall. Like I said, I was not surprised to see Robert dead in that no, hall. No, right? No. No sooner than I could think it. I was like, just like early, I was thinking, I was like, man, somebody's going to kill this yeah, guy. Yeah, you can't go on around, go around screwing people left and right and think that no one's going to come. Yeah, when there's that. no more police in society. Exactly, like, right? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, it turns out that the second party Robert was selling the battery to was the Fireflies. They needed a battery. Because remember, they were trying to get up out of there and take the girl west. Well, Robert's dead. And so are members of the Fireflies and people from Robert's camp. They're just in an apartment building in the hallway, just dead. Yeah. And so Marlene, Ellie, and Kim, um, who's Marlene's second in command, they are there. And we see that Joel knows who Marlene is. They know each other. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm some history there's some history we don't know what what it entails we don't know what it was but it's that it's that stereotypical like yeah i remember you used to be uh, (laughs) (laughs) you used to be the green beret and fbi guy and stuff like (laughs) things like you you know exactly shut up (laughs) you know exactly what you know exactly what i'm talking exactly (laughs) and we also see that marlene is aware of who tess is too Right. So Marlene, um, turns out she got shot in the torso during that scuffle with Robert's team. 
And because of this, Marlene asked Joel and Tess to take Ellie since she is injured and some of her people are dead. So reasonable. She, yeah. Well, somewhat reasonable. Uh, that's, was, that's a bit of a, uh, that's, you know, I mean, she was pretty much strong arming them. She was and into doing it, but she was going nowhere. She was shot. No, she was going nowhere. Right. Shot in the but, torso. Uh, yeah. you know, that's quite, um, <laughs> a favor to ask of people you're not on the best terms uh, with. So we we find out why it's so important to get her out there soon enough. So um, they end up agreeing because uh, they're heading west anyway to go find Tommy. So they agree to take her and um, Joel, Tess, and Ellie go back to Joel and Tess's apartment. And Ellie points out that his watch is broken. <laughs> yeah. But if we, you know, if you were paying attention earlier on the episode, it's the same it's watch. It's the same watch. That Sarah gave that him. His yep. And he yeah. just wears it anyway. It's been broken, but he just wears it. Joel yeah. ends up taking a nap. And when he wakes up, they leave the city. Yep. Yeah, and so we we see that same so as the, as they leave the city along the way we see that they run into that same soldier that that Joel has been making deals with mm-hmm. on the on the sly. Yes. <laughs> and they try to bribe him again cuz you know cuz that's what you do. <laughs> that's what you do. I mean, he's known to take bribes, so why not? That's what you do. <laughs> But he declines, and yeah. this kind of this kind of shocked me <laughs> because they were dealing. Um, where where I, I forgot what it was. What type of pills? I don't know. I, I forgot what some it was. Kind of drug. <laughs> and I and I and basically the type of pills it it was that they were dealing with. I was like, all right, if you're a soldier that deals with this, like, why would you, why would you decline this all of a sudden? Right. So, soldier starts to scan them for the virus and. And then Ellie just snaps. <laughs> I don't know why it was so funny to me. It was just because it was just so kind of not that it was random because of course she doesn't want to be scanned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wasn't really expecting it. Maybe yeah. somebody who played the game would have expected it. But I just see this little knife come out of the stairs, and he's like, "Ah, yes." <laughs> and so, um, you know, Joel wastes no time. Might as well, yeah. Might as well. <laughs> so Joel's all like, "We're fighting now," <laughs> and so he just jumps in, takes his gun. Right. And yeah. however, the soldier was already able to scan each of them. Yeah. And while Joel and Tess, of course, came up as not having the virus, we see that Ellie actually tests positive for the virus. Yes. So um, this is obviously very <laughs> concerning <laughs> for Tess and Joel having to travel with someone, a child who is also... Positive for this virus. for the virus, yep. Well, uh, we hear that more soldiers are on their way. So instead of, you know, Ellie Ellie uh, tries to assure them, right, that, yeah. that she's not really infected in that way, um, that she's not dangerous, and they can't even really deal process, with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's they're more... It's a lot more, to process. Right, and um, 
they can't really deal with it at that moment because there are more soldiers on the way. So they just have to get out of there. Um, something else important to note is that you're not allowed to go into the quarantine zone. So outside the city walls without express permission. So you would basically have to be like yeah. on a FEDRA mission to be able to go out it's there. It's basically a death sentence. It is. Unless, because th that's what some of the people that were being hung. Right. Were being, uh, being hung for in the town square. Yeah. So they just had to get out of there and put as much distance between them and the soldiers as possible. Yeah. And uh, that's basically where our first episode ends. Yes. It was action-packed, but it was also riddled with some um, calmer moments. Um, I would say it had a good mix of both. I, um, I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked the first episode. I... um. I thought until I until I started to piece together the whole Ellie with the virus thing, mm -hmm. but not really infected as other people might be infected. Yeah. Up until then, I was kind of annoyed because I I just nothing against Ellie personally. It was just like, what's so important about this kid? Right. Like, what? It, it was getting kind of annoying, and I felt like it, it kept getting dragged out. <laughs> okay. Like, like just tell me why this kid is important yes. <laughs> so we can just move on with it that that would be it's not even a it's not even a gripe it's not even a serious right it's not even a serious criticism i just wish that <laughs> i could have just got that just, information sooner mm -hmm. they were playing it close to the chest even right. <laughs> for the audience they weren't letting <laughs> us know but we do eventually find out and um you know we'll be happy to explain more of that to you as we go um, deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of The Last of Us. Yes. And I gotta say, if you are a fan of The Walking Dead, um, if you watched it during its heyday, um, you'll notice some similarities between right the away. two. Yeah. Right away, you'll notice those. And I, I would go as far as to say, if, uh, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, or even any any like we this is based off of the game The Last of Us, mm -hmm. but even if you've played any other zombie survival horror, th this is this is something that you'd really enjoy. Right, it's got great actors. It does, and they're so far all of the child actors we've yeah. seen in there. None of them are annoying. Right? They're not. No, they're actually really, really. We, good. we will let you know <laughs> if we think they're annoying. We will let you know. And, yeah, and they're all great. Yeah. No, I can continue watching them with no problem. Um, so, you know, I'm just looking forward to what the rest of the season has to offer. Yes. And I am I believe they already have, like, given yeah. it the green light for a season two, right? Didn't they? They should. I'm going to have to look further into that. but um, They should. If yeah. they don't get the green light for this, I have some questions about HBO Max. I know, right? I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> just, I, well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I heard some other shows have gotten green lights for second seasons. Yes. <laughs> so if you're giving a second season to that, yeah, you you could give a second season to the last. Absolutely. <laughs> so we hope that you enjoyed our recap. Yes. And um, that you'll go and watch the series for yourself. Watch this episode as well. 
tell us what you thought about it. Right. Um, as always, you can reach us on um, neversleepagainreviews.com. You can shoot us a message at neversleepagainreviews at gmail.com. Talk to us. <laughs> Please talk to us. <laughs> talk to us. <laughs> yep. You can um, come hang out with us on the YouTube side as well, where we post um, movie reviews movie for sci-fi and horror. Uh, we do trailer reactions and other kinds of content. And we'd love to see you there as well. And that's Never Sleep Again. Yes, um, you should watch our reviews. You should watch our movie reviews before you watch any of those movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> check them out. Check or them vice out. versa. Just, just check out the reviews. Right. <laughs> and if you have any um, suggestions, any kind of uh, reviews that you would like for us to do, any kind of discussions that you'd like to hear us talk about, um, any events relating to sci-fi or the horror world, please feel free to let us know. We love to hear from you all. And uh, we thank you again for tuning in. We do, yes. So I want to take this time to say thank you for listening with us. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Veronica. And you've been listening to The, the Theremin, Theremin Chronicles. Chronicles.